Hi, it's Rainy Jean. We're going to talk a little bit about survival and money and food and family and heart and soul. Um, because Americans are not used to what they're going through, nor should they be going through what they're going through. But that's the politics side of it, isn't it? Um, but Americans are not just in America. And that's what uh, some of our politicians sometimes forget. The ones who are trying to level the playing field. Americans are everywhere, just like all the people of the world have come to America. Legally, I'm talking about. I'm the, the ones who knew they wanted to come here for the opportunity, for the freedom, for our American way of life. Well, that American way of life has allowed Americans to go to every country in the world and not change the country, be part of those countries and share those, those values, the, share the culture of America. Some countries don't like Americans to come into them. Most of those countries are the ones that are now run by Muslims because Americans are not just Christian, it's not a Christian America, but it is a God-fearing America. They at least believe in God. Not all of them are Jesus believers. But we are a Christian nation in many ways because we accept Christians. And we accept those who believe in Jesus. The main thing is that we know and accept, in general, that there is a creator, that there is a God, that there is a provider and then there are the atheists and the agnostics um, who just try to call God some guy in the sky. They don't understand that God is within you. They don't understand where the heart and soul is. And when we talk about money and we talk about survival, we talk about finances, um, people have to start with understanding that their, their most precious asset is their life their heart, their soul, not their brains so much. Their brains are an asset for sure, but most people's brains and minds get in the way of a lot of other things. They, they cause a lot of trouble. It's that free will thing, that, that idea that God said, hey, I, I can give you all these things, but I'm also going to give you the opportunity to think about them and make choices. And some of those choices aren't always the best choices. There's no right or wrong choices, but some of those choices are not the best choices because you're not following your heart and soul. And so your path may be longer and harder, and you will have more rocks in the way and stumbling blocks and walls to climb. But that's part of your learning process. That's part of your living process. That's part of being here on Earth. That's part of being human. And you are human, and you have that in common with all the other people on Earth. The main thing we have in common is that every single one of us is someone's child. Right? So we are connected. Well, that connection is being broken in many places, and, um, and by the minds, not the hearts and minds, by the minds... And the evil energy of so many. And what that causes is people to then go into fear instead of love.
And fear causes many things to happen. More division, anger, um, presumptions, assumptions, attacks, verbally, emotionally. They happen within the family, they happen within the states, they happen within the country, and that spreads worldwide and it just keeps on going on as the world spins. So we go into survival mode and we and we aren't always sure what that means. We listen to people tell us we should stockpile food 50 feet high, spend 30, 50, 100,000 dollars to make sure we have enough food. And then the government finds out and says, well, okay, but if anything happens, we're going to confiscate all that food. So then we also stockpile guns and ammo. And the government says, well, we're going to try to confiscate all those guns and we're going to stop manufacturers from making them here and we're going to make sure that you don't have the ammo. Um, and our founders knew that this would happen someday or they hoped it wouldn't, but they knew it would. And told us very very straightforwardly that if you don't keep the people armed which is the second amendment then the government will become a tyranny a dictatorship and so why everybody says why do they want to take away our guns and why do you think and then you have those who say oh without guns we'd be a peaceful nation that they don't why don't they not understand that there's good and evil there will always be good and evil not everyone is good Everyone should be, or was born to be, but that evil side, there's a line that people cross. And then there's Islam, and they, I think they're born to just be evil, most of them. <laughs> and they follow the Koran, because they're not very smart. You know, Obama can tell you that they invented all these things, and without them we wouldn't have electricity, or math, or whatever. That Joe Biden will even tell you that. But um, they are barbaric. They are prehistoric. They tear people's hearts out and eat them. They eat the hearts. Most people don't get that. They don't understand. You know, these these Syrians, what's going on in Syria, the ones that we're arming are jihadists. And we have videos and pictures and all kinds of things showing the commanders, you know, they'll kill someone, cut off their heads, and then cut out their hearts or their livers and eat them. This is this is somebody I'd like to back and 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 give my money to and uh, make sure he's my best friend and my neighbor. <laughs> well, giving the money to is what's causing people in America to go into survival mode because all of our money is being stolen by the government. You know, there's trillions of dollars missing, trillions, and we're we're not 17 trillion in debt. We're 70 to 100 trillion dollars in debt. It's like somebody looking at their credit cards at home and they've got 10 credit cards. They only keep three in their wallet and they say, well, you know, I've got $20 left on this card that I can charge and I've got $10 on that card. All the other ones are totally maxed out. So they're only a couple thousand dollars in debt, right? They don't even look at all the rest of their debts to realize how in debt they are. And they'll tell you they're not in debt. They're just, you know, a little behind. Yeah, well, America's a little behind, and, and our government says raise the debt ceiling some more. So that would be credit card companies sending you some more cards, saying we know that you're, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in debt on your credit cards, so here's another one, because we know you're going to do it again, and we're going to charge you more to do it this time. 
and then we're going to come after you if you don't pay it. And uh, it's causing a, a, a lot of angst and a lot of um, family problems, a lot of uh, exhaustion on people's parts. So they were stockpiling food. They're, they're using their credit cards. They're out of work. We have more people on doubled the number of people on food stamps and now we're giving food stamps to Mexicans and anyone else that we can give them to. We have Americans or illegal Americans on food stamps getting food and sending it to people in other countries so they can be on our food stamp program. Um, that is just, is this what we want to be? Is this who we want to be? now? <clears throat> Granted, spiritually, emotionally, I would tell you that money doesn't mean anything. And homes and property don't mean anything. Because they're not ours. But to live and live the way God wants you to, to enjoy your life, to smile, to have fun, to play, to be serious, to, you know, create, design, implement... Those are all part of being alive and being a human being and delighting in your life. So you have to have all of it. It has to be in balance. You don't just go out and get tattoos and fill yourself full of, um, I don't know, puncture your body everywhere you can. And, you know, uh, I just can't handle some of those things. But, you know, and then and then say, oh, why aren't you going to hire me when you've got all these these things hanging from your body and... You just don't look like somebody that anyone wants to, to interact with. So, you know, so that you just don't go do that and say that's living. I'm not sure what that is. I, that's not even I don't even know if that's existing. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't understand why people feel they have to do that, that they take the temple that they were given for their heart and their soul, pierce it, you know, hang things from it, color it with ink from head to toe, as if it was uh, not expressive enough the way it was. I mean, I know it's a self-hate thing. I know it comes from from many other things that we've talked about on so many of these podcasts. But but um, it gets a little out of hand, a little ridiculous. And and you'll you'll see people. I mean, I've had people coming to me who who want to work for me, with me, whatever. And they can have a nice voice on the phone. They can seem like. Well, you know, there's something there that's not quite right sometimes. Um, and then when I see them and they come in their 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 pants halfway down their body and and six rings on their noses and long things hanging from their ears and tattoos circling everywhere, they aren't discreet. They aren't even in good taste. Many of those tattoos. I, I don't mind tattoo. I'm not saying I'm anti-tattoo. I, people, people decorate their bodies in all kinds of ways. You know, women learn to decorate their bodies with lipstick and makeup, and have actually destroyed themselves in many ways because their skin absorbs all the chemicals in that makeup, which costs a lot of money to be made up, to be a made-up person. Let's make. Let's pretend I'm someone else. Let's make me up to be something I'm not. To please, not me. They say, "Oh no, I do it for me." Well, you don't, because when you when you don't have to go out and there's no one around, you're in the house by yourself. You're not standing there putting on makeup so that you can please yourself in the mirror. You're not. 
You're looking in the mirror and you're judging yourself and saying, I don't like what I look like because I look this way and that way and nobody's going to like me and nobody's going to want me and nobody's going to love me. So I'm going to be a made-up person. I'm going to pretend that I'm somebody else. And do you know how much that makeup costs women per year? Do you have any idea what that side of our economy has done to... to um, exacerbate the whole exploitation of female women know they know how much it costs and they don't know how to live without it now it's like trying to live without a cell phone or a computer or a cigarette or a glass of wine every day it's, it's the same addiction and women and men and men are not you know, um, men are at fault for many of this because much of this because they have judged and, and exploited and objectified women so much that women have fallen into if I don't please them, I'll never get anywhere because they're the breadwinners, they're the providers. I won't, I won't have what I want, and they may fall in love with this guy next door or the woman next door. They may totally know that that's who they should be with but that guy looks like he's only going to be you know maybe an artist or uh, you know a starving artist or a, um, a truck driver or whatever and this guy over here man he works in the market he works in the stock market so that's the one I'll pick now what if the guy doesn't pick her well then you use your body right you dress yourself up you look like whoever you have sex, you get pregnant, you get married, you do all, I mean, you use those tools that women think they have instead of their brains, instead of their creativity, instead of their hearts and their souls, they use the body. And that becomes their biggest commodity. That becomes the thing that, it, it, that is their biggest asset until it starts to go away, until it starts to break down. A lot of things coming out right now about um, Hollywood actors and actresses, what they really look like when they're not all made up to be pretend people. Um, and they don't look so good, do they? <laughs> they don't look like anyone that you... I mean, that's why you don't recognize them when they're walking down the street, because they're not made up. And I'm not anti-makeup. It's like, do what you need to do to feel good about yourself, but at least understand that you're doing it for someone else usually, not yourself, and that you're spending a whole bunch of money to do it, even the men are. We want to look good. We want to look, you know, civilized. We don't want to look like those people that we were seeing cutting off heads. And all. we, we want to look like civilized people. But we've learned what civilized looks like, and you know, being neat, clean. What I mean, there's just basic things: neat, clean. Um, someone that you feel like you know that people can approach you. A nice smile. Um, you're not all unkempt like a dirty room, a messed up room full of clutter. That means that you're that you you know you're responsible enough to unclutter your life and your relationships and your heart. That's what those things show. You are on the outside what you are on the inside, and what you are on the outside also usually shows what you are in in the way you deal with everyone. So if your body is cluttered full of all that hanging jewelry and tattoos, um, your relationships will be cluttered. The way you do work, the way you may help someone else um, make things or create things, 
may be full of clutter and chaos. And um, the way you think about things may be chaotic and full of clutter. Packed away somewhere, you know, um, in a big mess in the closet or whatever. And those things have to change before you can even think about um, money and finance. You have to think about where all this comes from. You know, money was a bartering system. And it is important, unfortunately, and we'll pray to God for money, and we want to win that mega bucks lottery, and we, you know, the Powerball, and we want to have that, that, that super windfall come our way. And it's, it's interesting that people call it a windfall, because if you've ever been in a tornado or a hurricane, you don't want a windfall at all. But people pray for it. Um, they're not sure what they would do with it when they had it. If Publishers Clearinghouse shows up and they get that money every week, um, all of a sudden their creativity and, and their idea of what to do for humanity changes in most cases. We have, you know, mega, mega billionaires out there that could give everyone in the United States $100,000 to restart their lives. But they don't, <laughs> do they? Well, I reinvent myself all the time because I believe that this is not a rehearsal, this is it. And I do many things at once. If you, if you look at my resume um, and you were a typical, usually male employer who looked at my resume, you'd, th you'd think it was a lie because I have to have like seven different resumes. And if I put them all together, they're multiple pages. Yes, I've been a Marine. Yes, I was an electronic engineer. Yes, I was a computer engineer. I worked for IBM. I worked for the State University of New York at Buffalo. Uh, I worked for myself. I worked for other companies in New Jersey and um, New York for many years before people knew what computers were. When the chips first came out that said we may be doing something called an Internet, <clears throat> I was in the hardware and software part of that industry. I made good money. Didn't know what to do with that money all the time, so I rescued people a lot. Saved kids. I, I you know, traveled for sure. Um, and when I left the computer industry, I went into financial services because I wanted to learn about money. I said, here, all these years I've made all this money, and I'm not a multimillionaire because I'm using my money for humanity and not, not to get charitable deductions and not waiting till I have multi-billions or whatever. I used it as I made it to help people who needed it at the time that I had it. And so I didn't, even though I made a lot of money, I didn't have a lot of money. So I left the computer industry and went into financial services and um, wanted, the, wanted to start with the company that did the best financial planning so that I could help other people learn how to plan their finances. And I went to a company called IDS in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, through Buffalo, New York, because they did financial planning in a good way. They had the reputation. They're no longer there. They, they were bought by American Express eventually, and then that became Ameriprise Financial, and things changed a lot. Not saying that any of those people don't still do financial planning in a good way, but the products became proprietary. Um, the philosophy became push the product, and um, even though they, they, they have to come follow compliance to do what's right for the client or at least they're told to I don't believe that people who are in this industry today in any form are, are, are doing what everything they need to to look at the whole picture but that's not 
you know, I'm holistic in nature. All those times I was being an engineer and a financial services person, I was also a holistic health practitioner and consultant and learning more modalities and writing books. So I was also an author, and, and then I started writing screenplays, so I was also a screenwriter and a teacher. I started teaching what I knew, writing and holistic health and finances and financial planning and financial planning for women and started doing all those things together. So there, there's, there's five resumes right there, okay? And, 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 and I'm still doing many of those same things. I'm not in the computer industry anymore, but I am in some ways because we have the Internet and so everybody who's doing business on the Internet is in it somehow. Um, but I don't work for a computer company. I'm not, I don't have all my financial service licenses anymore. I, I let them lapse because I just wasn't into doing some of the things that, that, that had to be done to keep them. Um, the insurance licenses I still I have uh, on purpose, okay? But, um, and then of course the collapse that was caused not by Bush, but by the Obama regime planning Bush's demise and, and that kind of thing with the housing stuff with Fannie and Freddie, that all caught, that wasn't caused by Republicans. That started with Jimmy Carter um, and the whole progressive movement trying to find the one, as Oprah said, to finally take over America. But well, that, that, that changed the financial services industry too. And then we have all those people out there who are in the banking and brokerage industry and those are the people you really don't, don't want to trust a lot because you talk about being made up. They know everyone, they're out in the golf course every day, and they smile, and everybody thinks they're great. They're great guys and women, and aren't they just the nicest people, and oh man, they're just, you know, they're the ones you want to have as friends. Well, they haven't got a clue what the big picture looks like, they don't, and they, they're the most made-up, phony people that ever existed. Um, so you got to be careful of them. I mean, they, they're like, you know, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Well, every time they do that, they're making some more bucks so that they can go golfing. And um, they, they start to live that idea so much that they become so narcissistic. They become so self-centered. And the people around them become the same way. Um, the pe their children become that way. I mean, total, total self-centered, judgmental jerks. And you just can't even respect them. But so though that's that side. There's always you know the extremist side to all the different things that are that are happening around us. So back to survival and money. Okay, now we know some of what the problems are. Um, if you're spending a lot of money on makeup, we don't think about that. If you're spending a lot of money on the stock market, trying to be get rich quick. Oh, the market's going to go up. I'm going to put it in now. Oh, the market went down. I lost everything. Oh, the market might go up, and my broker says put it in now. Buy it when it's on sale. Uh-oh, it just got manipulated by Soros and, and the IMF and uh, the Treasury Department. Now I lost everything again. So there are just things that people are doing that they're never going to, they're, they're, they're not even treading water because they keep treading and then they go under once and then they tread again and then they go under again until they drowned in debt or they drowned in despair. Um, hoarding food, you, you, you know, let's make sense here. Everybody who bought food, unless it's in uh, World War II, you know, <laughs> Um, containers, if those are sitting out in a shed for the last eight years, I recheck them before you eat them. Um, you can only hoard so much, after all, that it'll hold forever. 
And, you know, we did it during when we know a hurricane might be coming or whatever. We'll make sure we stock up way before a hurricane comes. And then we realize, okay, well, that food's been there now. We stocked up with some canned goods, you know, whatever. And we stock it up, and that food's been there now for some time. Well, we better eat it. <laughs> well, you know how the world works, right? So you, you invite everybody over, and you eat the food, and then the next day the weatherman says there's a hurricane coming. So you start all over again. But, they, you know, it's almost, it comes from fear. It, and and <clears throat> I, what am I going to do if whatever hits? Well, what I've learned is what is available in nature. And people will look out their windows and say, none of that. I wouldn't eat any of that. <laughs> I wouldn't eat, you know, whatever that weed is. Well, figure out what that weed is because it could save your life. Um, I wouldn't eat what's on that tree. I wouldn't know what to do with the leaves from that tree. I wouldn't know how to find food. I wouldn't know, what, you know, if it's winter, what do I do? Well, the Indians used to know that. They would bury little bits of food so that as they traveled to get away from the storms, they knew where to find little packets of food underneath the snow. And they shared. They went, you know, they learned how to do that because they had to survive. We don't know that. We don't know that. So there's, I mean, so if, you know, survive in your own way and don't just say, well, I've got my guns and I'll protect my food. <clears throat> One little drone strike and your food's gone, so is your gun, so are you. And then people don't get that either. They go into ego mode. It's like, I've got 28 guns and I'll stand my ground and they won't get me. Well, it, drones are pretty high and I don't think a 22 or a 44 can actually shoot that drone before it shoots you. But, you know, we've, we've got... Um, several tens of thousands of them in the sky now that I don't see very often until they're landing. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to live in fear of them. There's always been something in the sky that could get you, whether that's an asteroid or a uh, lightning bolt, or, you know, or a tree falling on you while you're sleeping in your bed that you didn't know was going to fall. Or, uh, you know, a flash flood that, that took everything you had, or whatever. There's always something there that could take you out. But we get egotistical about our stuff and say our, our material stuff. And, you know, we're going to guard it and we'll shoot anybody who comes to get it. And, and we'll win because we're tough. And we have, you know, more guns than anybody. And I'm not saying get rid of your guns, believe me, because you do have to defend yourself. And that's coming up a lot where... Illegals especially, and jihadists, are breaking into people's homes and attacking them at ATMs and stealing their cars at gas stations and shooting them while they're in their cars at gas stations. And uh, and then all the left-wing idiots say, well, if we got rid of all the guns, this wouldn't happen. If you got rid of all the people who buy guns legally, you'll have uh, Chicago and Washington, D.C. and Detroit. And now L.A. and uh, many other places because all the people who could have had guns legally don't have them anymore. And so that puts a lot more guns on the market for those to get them illegally. And if people are getting guns illegally, they're not getting them as collector's items. They're getting them to use them. So buying guns is not a very good expense anymore either, is it? How many can you shoot at once? 
you really think you can barricade yourself in your house in the San Fernando Valley someplace or wherever and with your shotgun and your guns um, you can barricade yourself and do what? You could be like that guy up in Big Bear last year, you know, barricade yourself until until <laughs> until you blow yourself up because you don't know how to get out. And what good did it do? You killed a few people, the right ones, and uh, you were a hero. You defended what? I don't know. So, you know, purchasing a lot of guns, which are expensive, and purchasing a lot of tattoos and jewelry to put on your body and makeup to make sure that you're not who you were born to be. So far, I could save people thousands. And then there are the people who don't do that. You know, they're usually over the age of 35 because all the ones under 35 are still living at home with the parents because they can't afford to move out. They can't find work, basically. They can't find work that they want to do <clears throat> or were trained to do or they never did get trained to work. So they're living with mom and dad, if mom and dad are still alive, or just mom, usually. And, uh, and now mom has to worry about, how do I feed them? They want money every day. They're wrecking my house. I still don't own it. And I have a mortgage. I'm not working. I have to work two part-time jobs now so I can afford health care. Now what am I going to do? Well, first of all, you know, even the animals will push those kids out once in a while. But they can't afford it. It's so hard. Do they know how to live with other people? Do they know how to do what we did? You know, we, I lived with roommates after the Marines. I lived with roommates in the Marines. Um, I couldn't afford when I first got out of that. Well, you can't afford anything when you first get out of the military. And, uh, but I wanted to, I, I was gonna, I was working, I was getting my new job, I was doing all these things, and I looked for roommates. And at one time, there were four of us in a house with five bedrooms. And another time, there were six of us in a house with five bedrooms. And our friends had five in a house with three bedrooms. And their friends had four or five in a house. Not like a dorm. It wasn't like college years. But we were all at the same kind of ages, trying to get going, and we couldn't afford it. The big cities where you get your jobs and, and got your jobs then, it was too hard to survive by yourself because we weren't supposed to survive by yourself. You know, even the wolves live in a den. They don't all go out by the... They can survive. They can go out individually and, and survive just fine. But they come back to the den. It's not living at home parents threw them out but but the uh, <laughs> so they'd learn how to be on their own and learn who they were and become who they're supposed to be but um they come back to the den okay this is only part one okay what i'm going through is people don't think about a lot of the things that we're doing to make ourselves poor that's not what the government is doing the government is trying to make us more poor and what they're trying to turn us into, I don't even want to, don't even want to imagine. Um, and we have to stop that. But we, but you can't just stop it by um, winning the lottery or a get-rich-quick scheme on the Internet or whatever. You have to look at your whole lifestyle. Does that mean you need to downsize and become... No. It actually means you need to raise the bar. 
Stop falling into the traps that are taking everything that you ever earned. A lot of those traps are IRAs and 401ks. If you don't, if you're still doing an IRA or a 401k, thinking that you're going to save money for retirement, doing it through a broker. I don't care if it's a Roth. I don't care what it is. You're doing it through a broker who makes a lot of money off of you because that broker doesn't have a clue about tax management or what kind of products are out there to secure your future in a better way, then you need to come back maybe tomorrow or next week when I come back on and talk finances. Because you're, you're uh, oh, but I saved $126 on taxes this year. Yeah, by putting it into uh, what? An IRA that you can't touch till you're when? 60, 59 and a half. And then what happens? I get taxed. And you think your rate's going to be lower then? As taxes have consistently gone up for the last how many years? So your your tax rates will be lower. So you, you know, you're 40 years old and in 20 years, that money that you put in every year is going to be worth what? Oh, maybe $60,000. Maybe seventy, And then the taxes come out. How much is it worth now? About half. And it's invested where? In the market. And what happened when the market crashed? Many times over the past century. I lost most of what I had in my retirement. And because it, it was in what? 401ks and IRAs. Well, you can't put it in the bank because the CDs are worth nothing and the money markets are worth nothing, so what do I do? Maybe you should talk to somebody with some brains. Get away from the brokers who are just capitalizing on commissions every time they touch your money. If they sell, they get a check. If they buy, they get a check. If they sell and buy and sell and buy and buy and sell and buy and sell, they get a check. Do you? Well, there's different things to do, and I'll come back. Um, I, I am not sure about tomorrow, but because I have company coming, but maybe by Monday. And we'll talk finances. But get the heck away from those things that, that end up going back to the IRS and getting lost if the market gets, you know, clobbered, which it will continue to do because it's being manipulated. Um, otherwise, go to earthwalk-usa.com. Go to uh, my other new website, which is life at... Um, uh, freedomequitygroup.com and try to stay happy and try to keep learning this is Raina G thanks for listening